there, fellow Sojourners, and welcome back to another edition of Appropriating the Culture. On today's episode, we address an issue raised about public prayer and continue our quest to make a movie. I'm Pastor Shane, and I'll be your prayer warrior today as we appropriate some culture. So last week, we discussed the injury to Damar Hamlin of the Buffalo Bills and looked at the public displays of faith, including prayer, and discussed the broader cultural implications from that, which led to a comment on our YouTube page that I want to address. Bill Hess didn't seem too pleased with the public prayers and wrote this, Whatever happened to Matthew 6, 5 through 6, people should take it a bit more seriously, I think. And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received the reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Okay, so there's a hermeneutic principle which I think applies here, and that is never read a Bible verse. Jesus is, of course, correct in what he is addressing, and we absolutely should take it seriously, but it is not the totality of the Bible's teaching about public prayer. And all scripture is God-breathed. If we're just looking at this one verse, then we would wrongly conclude that all corporate or public prayer is wrong. If we're basing all of our theology of prayer on this one passage, then we would wrongly conclude that the only appropriate means of prayer is by yourself in secret. But when we look at the totality of Scripture, we clearly see that that is not the case. The church has always had corporate prayer. When Peter miraculously gets out of prison, it says this in Acts chapter 12, verse 12. When this had dawned on him, he went to the house of Mary, the mother of John, also called Mark, where many people had gathered and were praying. Wait, they're gathered and praying? Shouldn't they be secretly praying by themselves? The disciples didn't get that memo. In fact, here's an example of their corporate public prayer, Acts chapter 4, verse 23. On their release, Peter and John went back to their own people and reported all that the chief priests and the elders had said to them. When they heard this, they raised their voices together in prayer to God. Sovereign Lord, they said, you made the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything in them. You spoke by the Holy Spirit through the mouth of your servant, our father David. Why do the nations rage and the people plot in vain? The kings of the earth rise up and the rulers band together against the Lord and against his anointed one. Indeed, Herod and Pontius Pilate met together with the Gentiles and the people of Israel in this city to conspire against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed. They did what your power and will had decided beforehand should happen. Now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Stretch out your hand to heal and perform signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant Jesus. After they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. It seems God wasn't too upset about the prayer being made in front of people. There's also Daniel. Now, when Daniel learned that the decree had been published, he went home to his upstairs room where the windows opened toward Jerusalem. Three times a day, he got down on his knees and prayed, giving thanks to his God, just as he had done before. Now, I don't think Daniel is being ostentatious there. He was going about his normal habit, but the windows were open. It was done in view of people. It wasn't done in secret. That's kind of how they knew about it. Was Daniel sinning? Doubtful. 
We have all kinds of examples of public prayer in scripture. Solomon prays at the dedication of the temple. Ezra and the people corporately pray for protection on their journey. Jesus prays in public. Here's Jesus at the tomb of Lazarus. Then Jesus said, did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. Then Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I said this for the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe that you sent me. So Jesus prays out loud in front of people for their edification. And he's praying out loud publicly in front of believers and non-believers because we're told that people come to believe in him after what happens at the tomb of Lazarus. So when you look at the totality of scripture, it's clear that Jesus is not against all public or corporate prayer. He's addressing a heart issue. And he tells us, don't make these long-winded prayers to show how righteous you are. Don't pray as a means to get approval from men. That's worthless. So now let's apply that to this bill situation. Do you really think that the Bills gathering together, kneeling in prayer, crying when their teammate, when their friend was getting CPR in the field, was them showboating? Well, that's pretty cynical. Or maybe you just didn't like Dan Orlovsky praying on national television. And maybe he was just trying to draw attention to himself. Maybe. It's also possible that what he said was the truth. Everyone was saying, we're praying, we're praying. And instead of just saying we're praying, maybe we should just pray. That's also possible. I don't know his heart. But here's the thing. Neither do you, Bill. And another thing that Jesus says that we should maybe take more seriously is this. Do not judge or you too will be judged. For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Now that too has to be understood within the totality of scripture. But as someone who prays publicly quite a bit, I really wouldn't want my motives to be cavalierly judged. That seems uncharitable. Alrighty, well, before we wrap up today, I want to give you an opportunity to support our latest endeavor of appropriating the culture, which is ATC Productions. We are producing a feature film. The cast is coming together, the crew is coming together, we're locking in our locations, but we still need some help. We have some key roles that need filling. If you're highly organized, or at least mildly organized, with some free time on your hands in March, you can be the assistant director, which is better than the assistant to the director. If you're big into fashion, and ladies, I know that you are, you can be a costume designer, or if you're proficient in doing hair and makeup, you can join our hair and makeup team. Or if you're a little OCD, take a look at this clip. I will always be your friend. Only your friend? Peter Parker? That's all I have to give. If the continuity errors in that scene drove you insane, you can be my script supervisor. Or if you have absolutely no discernible talent or ability, but have money, you can be a producer. Zing, take that producers, gotcha. I'm really not helping my cause. But joking aside, if in any way, shape, or form you want to be a part of this project, then reach out to me. We'd love to incorporate you in any way that we can. If you agree with our mission and vision here and appreciate what we're doing, please do support this. Also, be sure to like, subscribe, rate, and review if you like what we're doing. Follow me on social media platforms, join my author's Facebook page, and I'll see you next week for more Appropriate in the Culture. Mm -hmm.